Uh, welcome back to another episode of the Laser Tag Podcast. Uh, no guests with us today, Christian, um, but I'm happy to be here. We're going to talk a little bit of NBA, a little bit of soccer that you want to touch on. Um, so I will go ahead and let you do that. All right. Thank you for letting me speak. So I just wanted to briefly touch on one soccer-related thing before we get to talking about the NBA. So Saturday afternoon, our time, well, East Coast time, Denmark and Finland were playing in the European Championships for soccer. One of Denmark's star players, Christian Eriksen, passed out, collapsed on the field. Now, I didn't see it live because at the time I was having lunch and I didn't have the game on. But I saw, I turned the game on and I was like, why the hell, where, what's everybody doing? Why does the game stop? Like, what's going on? And then go on Twitter, scroll through it, and it's like, Oh, he he literally like passed the hell out, and unfortunately, when going through Twitter, Twitter's a black hole. When once you go in, it's just hard to get out of. So, one account had like, a, just took a video of what happened, and you could see him. He was just like stumbling, ball hits him, and he pretty much went limp and out. Only to. Find out later, he went. He was under cardiac arrest. They had to give him CPR. Luckily, thank goodness, it's we've found out he's alive, he's doing well, but he's resting in the hospital. So, well wishes to Christian Erickson right now. But I also want to touch on a larger point. So, Tommy, you know how people are like, I'm willing to risk my life for the game, that kind of deal. That, kind of cliche kind of thing oh yeah you hear that all the time like players know the risk of what they're getting into 100 percent. like i'm willing to risk my life for it i know tom Brady's expressed that sentiment and for me now this is just me armchair like old washed up former athlete year intramural athlete for me just kind of thinking about it in the big picture it's kind of a ridiculous saying because there's just so much more to life than just one game or even one tournament. Yeah, and uh, like when you, when you think about me. it, like a lot of people will, a lot of people say like, oh, like my work or my, my job, my, the sport I play for work and all that for like professionals, that's my life. Like that, that is my life. There's, there's nothing else that, that can take away from that. But like step back a second, realize that you're literally – playing the game for what like four months on and off usually for a season like yes there's practice and in, in, in the weight room in between that and whatnot but like that life is like four months what are you doing outside of that like that is your life like your life isn't a sport that's that's literally your job and in my mind a job is not your life like if that was my life that my job is my life like i would hate myself i would hate it exactly so I, I don't like that sentiment either it, i think it just gets overused and i think it's just one of those things that i'm not saying cancel it but i'm just saying let's rethink that phrase a little bit there's just so much more important in this world than a job or a sport in my mind but anyways that that's my little thing with soccer slash that overall sentiment now let's just talk some nba shall we 
we shall. And, you know, it's kind of a, a, dep a depressing NBA world right now. We're recording this on Wednesday when a ton of news came out regarding a lot of the superstars in the NBA, Kawhi Leonard, Chris Paul. Um, where would you like to start, Christian? Let's, let's start with the series, especially last night with the Bucks and Nets game. Now, I only saw the first half. And all I know is after the first half, once the first half happened, I was like, I'm going to sleep. I don't care what happens. I'm just going to go to sleep. I don't, whatever happens, happens. Only to find out Kevin Durant literally has one of the best games of his life. And which, not his life, but anybody's life. This guy was going wild. Like, that's one of the greatest performances in NBA history in my mind. Seriously. It's like, I, you just look at the stat line. Wasn't just the forty nine points. Wasn't just seventeen rebounds. Was it? Wasn't just ten assists. It wasn't just what was two blocks, three steals, or the other way around. I mean, the efficiency at which he did it. And he played forty eight minutes. He played the entire game, every single second. Seriously. And then, not to mention James Harden's like, oh, he's out. No, he's doubtful. Oh, wait, no, he's questionable. Oh, he's going to play. Oh, and not only does he play, he's out there for all game except for two minutes, which is now, nuts. It, it is crazy to think, like, he's coming off injury and he played 46 minutes. But I know they were talking about it on the broadcast that if Steve Nash were to give him a break, they think his, like, hamstring would start tightening up. So they wanted to keep yeah. him moving the entire game. Which makes – a lot of sense but also it's just you could tell he's even on the first half I'm sure in the second half it was more of the same like Harden yeah you got to account for him especially as a playmaker but you just could tell like he's not really doing anything he's not moving well at all and that's the thing like the Bucks that it was pathetic. It was absolutely pathetic. One of the worst halves of basketball I've ever seen in my life. Just horrible offense, horrible coaching. Um, you supposedly have two defenders who are all NBA and Giannis wait. and Drew Holiday. Wait, wait. Did I hear that correctly? Did you just say horrible offense? Horrible did offense. I did I hear that? And he, I'm, go I'm getting into the defense right now. But okay. you have two all NBA defensive players, Drew Holiday and Giannis. And I guess – it's as simple as offense is better than defense in the NBA. Like a, gr a good defender isn't going to stop a good offender offensive player. It's, yeah. it's not going to happen. Kevin Durant, nobody one-on-one -on -one was stopping him. That, that's the entire defensive scheme. They didn't double team him. They didn't do anything to help the primary defender, which was mostly PJ Tucker. It turned into Chris Middleton late in the game. No one can, no one can stop him. Like they didn't double him. They didn't try anything. And it, to me, as much as a game that Kevin Durant had, phenomenal game they wouldn't have won without him he could have still put up those numbers and lost because the bucks could have played an average second half it wasn't that he was so incredible that they won it's that the bucks were that bad they were that bad in the second half now i was listening to something earlier how they had there was a list of people who were guarding durant pj tucker being primary then there was middleton there was, I think I heard Pat Connaughton for two possessions. And yeah, it's like, he got switched on to him. It's like, Brooke Lopez, where's Giannis? Oh, 
Giannis didn't guard him once, apparently. Not once. Giannis's garden. Giannis's garden. Jeff Green, who lit him up for eight threes. <laughs> I, and this guy's Giannis is a first team defensive player. That's your first team defense, and he, you can't. You're not offering to Bud or anybody like, hey, I got this guy. What's that? That that's weak. That's oh, it. Hundred percent is. I think I said this on like a podcast with Mike last week, but. I put way more stock in a defender who plays on the perimeter than a rim protector. That's all Giannis mm. is. He's a rim protector. And I, don't, I personally would never give a rim protector defense player of the year. Sorry, Gobert. I know you've won like four times or whatever it is. But like to me, it's just not as important as a perimeter player. Yeah, which is why I personally thought Simmons would get it this year just because of all the hype he was getting. But that's neither here nor there. But like you said, with Jeff Green, it's like Jeff freaking Green torched the Bucks. He would like, miss. Without, let, let's put it this way. Yeah, KD had an all-time game, but you you see Jeff Green's stat line, especially for points? Career Dude. high in the playoffs. It was his best game in the playoffs, literally, of his career. Seriously. And then Blake Griffin contributes a little. It's like, oh, Okay. Maybe Blake's not to- – he's washed, but he's not totally, totally washed. And Blake – Blake's was mostly first half. Like, he was not in the game from the half-third quarter on. Like, he didn't play. So, it was mostly first quarter contribution. Then they just went to the small lineup with um, Durant basically being, being the biggest guy and Bruce Brown in there, and they just torched him. Now, I could see this going to the seventh game, but I could also see, like – Milwaukee being so deflated, just kind of be like, what the hell did we just do? And then come out really flat and then end up find a way to lose game six. And then we start questioning what what's wrong with this team. If Why the Bucks can't... lose it, Bodenholder's fired. I, there's no way around that. He's fired if they lose. What I can't imagine. See, that's the thing, though. We get on Brad Stevens because, well – Granted, he was coaching Boston. You get on Brad Stevens for taking a team to conference finals three out of four times. And he's been in the playoffs like seven of eight. Like, Budenholzer's been in the minimum second round and the conference finals, and then he'd probably get bounced in the second round. And you want to fire the guy? Like, I've seen coaches do a lot worse and still keep their job. I just think it's – but it's with the magnitude this team, of a team. But it's with but with this team, I understand like this team is built for a championship. And right now it just looks like they're stuck in mud for some reason come playoff time. I still think they win this series. I, I truthfully do. I, I think they're gonna win the next two games. One, because I don't think Kevin Durant can have that type of game again. I, I truthfully don't like if he's going to do that in another game, like that'll blow my mind. Um, but two, we saw how the Bucks responded after they went down 2-0 and got blown out by 50. And I think they can respond similar in this sort of situation where they blow the 17-point lead in a crucial game. So I think they do win the next two and win the series personally. Kyrie, we'll go there now. So Kyrie, he's not playing anymore this series at least. Um, James Harden, if he's going to play like he did last night, that's not James Harden. So truthfully, I think the Bucks win the next two. 
Now, here's the real here's a question for you. Do you sit Harden for game six knowing it's not a must win? Or do you play him anyway? Just so you I think you play him. I don't think Harden's the type of guy who will let you sit him. No, Um, God no. He he's not gonna be like, Yeah, I'm okay with that. Like I don't think so. I think he's playing. I just don't want what happened to Anthony Davis to happen to Harden where it's like you know he's just he's not gonna fin like finish the game. He looks bad and then he's not he doesn't finish the game and you're like, Why the hell did we send him out here? I don't want that to happen to him. To me more than anything, it, it, when watching him, it wasn't that he was he wasn't like super injured, like he was slow or anything like that. He he couldn't get downhill as, as well as he usually does, but he still had the step back, he still had his passing it's just I think his rhythm was a little bit off coming back um Hmm. so I don't know if maybe that this game is getting him into rhythm or next game will or whatnot but I think you got to play him yeah you know what he is a gamer which if there's anything to respect about Harden is he'll play if he can walk unless you're unless he's in Houston trying to get out then he's not gonna play (laughs) he's not gonna play as hard he's still gonna play the game He's just yeah. going to sandbag it. But if he's not sandbagging it, like, he'll play, and he'll play with everything he's got, except if he gives up the ball and he has to cut, which isn't going to happen. Basically a decoy. That's what he was last night. And, you know, it worked for Durant. All right. Now let's get into another series. Let's get into the Jazz and the Clippers. The game, this game is going to be on tonight, but news coming out today that Kawhi Leonard hurt his knee and is out indefinitely, and who knows if he'll come back in this series, if at all, or if he comes back at all during the playoffs, if they advance. So what do you think about this news? I honestly think you might have seen Kawhi Leonard's last minutes in a Clipper uniform. Really? I, I don't. I don't see them winning this series without him. And I, I truthfully don't see him returning there after this season. I mean, they got they had the big 3-1 debacle last year. This year they've been down 2-0 twice. Does he does he truthfully think this is the team he can win it with? I don't think so personally. Like I I think you've seen the last Kawhi Leonard as a clipper. I could see that. But I could also be like, he did sign with the Clippers, and he is from the California area, which would make sense for him just to stay there. Because I don't think the Lakers are going to get him, especially if they still have LeBron or AD. But you never know. You just never know. I I don't know. I don't know which teams could afford him. The Big Apple. You you think New York is going to get him? I just they have a lot of cap space. They have rising talent. I could see him going out there. Do you? I don't think he'll match with Tibbs though. I don't know. I could be wrong. I don't know. Tibbs is a defensive coach. Kawhi is a defensive player. We might get the best defensive guard, best defensive wing we've ever seen in Kawhi Leonard out there. Yeah, but you know Tibbs is gonna run him ragged. (laughs) And and that's the thing. Where will Tibbs be able to? Depending, once again, how serious his injury is. If it's like an ACL injury or something, maybe he's not even ready for next season. And if if he goes to the next. That's a big right. if. This, this is all a big if. Like, uh, it's just speculating here. 
Um, but without We're Kawhi Leonard, the Jazz should win the series. We're irresponsible people on this podcast. We are. That's right. Yeah. Reckless and irresponsible. Absolutely. But anyways, it, watching the games, it looks like looked like Paul George in the past two games in L.A. found a shot a little. Actually, it's earning his nickname playoff P, not actually throwing up bricks and not earning that nickname. Now that Kawhi's out, bricks are back. I guarantee it. Bricks are going to be back. Oh, is this a Charles Barkley guarantee? <laughs> the guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to bring out for you? Krispy Kreme donuts? Do you want a marching band? I, I'm okay with Krispy Kreme. That's cheap. <laughs> To get the works. I, I love a good Krispy Kreme donut, you know? Now, if you're the Suns, which team would you rather play? Would you rather the Clippers or would you rather face the Jazz? I think you'd rather face the Clippers knowing Kawhi Leonard's probably not going to play. Obviously, that's not guaranteed or anything like that. They, they're still figuring that out. But I think you'd rather have the Clippers than the Jazz who – at this point, aren't even at full strength with Mike Conley out. So if he he gets back into action, it's not even going to be a Mike Conley-Chris Paul duel. It's literally going to be a Mike Conley-Cameron Payne duel, and I don't think you want that. Nah. But if the Clippers had been healthy, if Kawhi had been healthy, I think the Clippers would have presented a tougher matchup, even though sometimes I question where the – the heads at especially at the beginning of a series and how nonchalant they take the first two games but i also think matchup wise who's going to match up with Kawhi on the suns who's going to match up well paul george who knows what's going to happen to him it'll be bridges and crowder like that's that's i think that's obvious to see those two guarding those two and then who do you who's going to guard chris paul who's going to guard booker i think you put George and Kawhi on either or. I think they'd be able to match up well. And then you got specialists and from Crowder and Bridges. They're specialists. And then Aiton is kind of the X factor of what does he give you. That's the thing with, like, if they get the Clippers, the Clippers don't play a center very often. Like, it's Zubak for maybe 15 minutes a game. And then it's either Morris or or Batum playing the five. Like eight should dominate that if if that's the matchup that presents itself. But if it's on the opposite side, Utah, like Aiton might get taken out of the game a little more with Gobert, um, and that's where we haven't seen this Suns team really succeed. Like the first two playoff series, Aiton's dominated, just dominated. So like if he's taken out by Gobert, like will the Suns slow down a little bit? I would say Aiton dominated against Jokic. I think he held his own, but I don't think he dominated, quote-unquote. If he can match Jokic, that's going to be domination. Like, if you're matching yeah. the MVP, I think that, that's domination for that matchup. Yeah. Like, match it, that's a win. I don't think he – well, he he did. He held his own. I don't think he matched yeah. it, but he held his own. And I think against Gobert, I think, honestly, if you look at it stats-wise – you would think it's a wash just because both of them are double-double points rebounds. But Gobert just happens to offer a hell of a lot more as that rim protector and the defensive player of the year. 
again, but looking at the guard play is gonna guard play is gonna be interesting if the Jazz move on against the Suns. Especially that Booker Mitchell matchup. Mitchell is that dude is a fireball. Like I love watching him play. He just does not stop. It's like there's a there's a complete difference in how Devin Booker plays compared to Donovan Mitchell. It's night and day difference to me. And if like Donovan Mitchell just goes, 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 goes. Yeah. Booker is with Paul, obviously, is kind of flow of the offense. He's gonna get buckets, get a lot of buckets because he's gonna get the opportunities, but he's not Mitchell's I'm taking this game over right now. I think well, I think Booker was that before Paul got there, but You're right, right. But Booker didn't have the supporting cast. But anyways, speaking of the Suns and Tommy, I saw what you put on the uh, Laser Tag podcast official Instagram. A little sad, angry Michael Scott that CP3 is out, quote unquote, indefinitely because of COVID safety and health protocols. So what's up with that? And do you think that it has a neg? How much of a negative impact does it have for the next series? All I'm hoping is this Jazz Clippers game series goes seven first off. I need I need CP3 to have as much time as possible so that he can pass COVID here and that he can get a couple of negatives and go out there and play. Now, secondly, the dude is vaccinated, right? He, he yes. said he was vaccinated back in February. Um, so first off, if I'm understanding the vaccine correctly, it is a lot tougher to transfer it if you have it. Yes. Um, COVID, that is. Um, and secondly, if the he is non-symptomatic, right, and if he's not symptomatic, they have said that you aren't really going to pass it to anyone. So therefore, I'm wondering if he can somehow get back quicker than normal, if he's still positive technically, but down the line has no symptoms whatsoever. Yeah, I'm curious how it plays out timeline-wise. I just... For the sake of him, I just want – as long as he's healthy, that's what matters. If he's healthy, and like you said, I hope as a neutral, as an uninterested party, I hope the Clippers and Jazz go seven games because I want as much time for Chris Paul to get healthy because I want, we want the best players out there. And even though Kawhi is probably not going to be out there for the Clippers if they advance, you still want – the best players out there from both teams, whether it's Chris Paul and so on. Yeah, it was like that. That news was this morning when I saw that. I was like, what in the world? Because, like, they won the series two days ago or whatever it was. I think it was two days ago, Sunday or Saturday or whatever it was. But the look, the, just the joy on his face that he was going back to the finals. He was hugging his sister and hugging the players and all that. And I, then I saw this come out. And I was like, oh boy. Like the contact mm-hmm. tracing, it, so far nothing has come out that way. But I guess with the vaccine, probably you earn this higher risk. So they're not going to make that happen. But it was just like a look on his face. He was just so like exhaustedly happy that he was back yeah. in the Western Conference finals. And now this news comes out, and it's like, man, the world truly hates Chris Paul and doesn't want him to win a ring. Seriously. And he also said during the post-game interview, it's like, get to finally rest a little. And then well, you find out. He'll be resting a little while. Oh, he's resting, but not for the reasons <laughs> he wants it to. And I was like, damn. Like, if, let's, let's play it out. Like, if 
the Jazz Clippers goes seven. Game five is tonight. Game six would be Friday. Game seven would be Sun. Sunday. They wouldn't start that at a minimum Tuesday, right? Tuesday, yeah. Wednesday? Yeah, Tuesday. So that gives him seven days, basically. And at the most, you might see him maybe the, at the most 14 days, maybe game four, game five. If the series ends in game six, the series starts Sunday. That's what I've heard. Sunday? So you probably won't see Chris Paul if the COVID goes 14 days and all that till game three, four. I, I don't think it'll go the full 14 days, but... I don't either. That, that's maximum. I don't I don't know. But I don't want to see the Suns in a 2 all hole because Chris Paul's out and then he comes back. Like, I just hope he's back for game one. Not to kill the hopeful joy spirit of this, but I, I have to talk about this. LeBron today, doing LeBron things on Twitter, basically saying, I told you so. I told you so. We started this – oh, we started the season too early – Look at all these guys getting injured in the playoffs. This sucks. The league's screwed up. Blah, blah, blah. Now, granted, I'm not reading his tweet quote for quote. But that's kind of the gist that I got from it. And and one of the things, like, as great as LeBron is as a player, and LeBron is a role model, but some there are just some things that just rub me personally the wrong way where it just seems to be all about him. Like, I, me, it's all about him. And it's like, LeBron, what, I mean, what solution was out there that you thought was going to work the best? What, what solution? Because the virus doesn't happen. Like, the whole MB, everything in the world would be normal, quote, unquote. Now, because we have the virus, we got to make up some a lot of adjustments. And it's not easy, and it sucks. And one of the negatives about it is come playoff time, and it's a war of attrition, and a lot of guys are getting injured, especially the stars. Kyrie's injured. Kawhi's injured. Harden was injured. I mean, CP3 just got, like we just talked about it, got sick. Jalen Brown was out. Kemba played a few games, and he was then he was out. And then, I mean, is there anybody else I'm missing here? Conley's out. Mitchell was out for quite a while. I mean, every team's had their share of injuries in my mind. Um, oh, I forgot Anthony Davis, too. AD, yeah. And, and yeah. the thing is, when you look at a lot of these players, first off, a lot of these players are injury-prone. Let's, let's be honest, like AD, Kyrie – a lot of these guys have had injuries their entire career. Um, so that's the first thing I'll say. I don't, I, sure, did the, did the short offseason maybe help them become injured again? Sure, sure. I'll, I'll agree with that, that it probably did. But you have to look at them in a normal year, too. Like, they are missing 15, 20 games because they're injured. Um, so that, that's where I'll just point that out, that injury-prone players um, tend to get injured no matter what. So I think – it kind of cancels themselves out here that did they have a lack of rest? Yes, but they're probably going to get injured with full rest. Um, secondly, did the players union not turn down a push start for less games? If I remember right, they 
they turned it down a start later date because they would be making less money on less games. I'm pretty I, sure that happened. I think so, but don't quote us on it. Yeah, don't don't quote us on that, but I am 85% sure that happened. And like, you could have started later, but you would have taken less money. Like, why didn't you choose that if health was such a important thing for you? Like, is health more important than money? It's not, clearly, because you guys took the money. Clearly. It's all about, uh, I mean, which I can't exactly blame them. If true. you offer me... If you offer me a lot more money, yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you take it? It's it's just a little bit, in my mind, nonsensical of him to say these things when there were other options presented, um, like pushing date back, getting more rest, uh, rest, excuse me, um, and like like you're mentioning, I I think LeBron James says a lot of these things and is very self-centered when he does say them because he's marketing himself. It was the same thing with like the, the Toon Squad, the Goon Squad, Olympics type deal. He wants to market himself and his. Now, at his least with the Toon, at least with the Toon Squad thing, that was actually clever and that was funny. It was. I agree like, with that. That that was good. That was. I'll give him credit for that. That was really good. Now with this stuff, like criticizing he's trying to the market that he's correct. He, it's he's just trying to market himself in my mind. Like I'm right, too you're much. wrong. I'm just going to point it out. Yeah, I agree. It is too much. It's bad enough nobody likes to know it all. But it's even worse when people say, I told you so. Those people are the worst. And the thing is, like, would he be saying this if they were still playing? I No, of course not. There's no chance. Uh, Like, the fact that you got bounced round one is probably pushing this out of him even more. Like, give it a break. Like, you didn't win this year. You don't have to come out and say some stupid stuff now that just because you're out, like you would not have said this if you're still playing in, in contention for a championship. Like you'd be like all four, this is, these are my accolades. I'm winning. Give it a break. Yeah. Now, does it mean that his opinion doesn't, his point of view doesn't have any validity? Of course it has some validity, but I mean, it's, it just comes off wrong when you when you throw it out like that on Twitter too. And like, I, I know there's a lot of people who agree with him. And, and I'm one to say, like, it, it's a valid statement. Like, sure, rest help injuries. But, like, why, why are you saying it now? And, like, what's the point? Like, what are you trying to get out of this? Like, is there Better a yet. reason or point he's trying to get out of this? Better yet, here's my, my thing with, for LeBron. What did you want him to do? What did you want the lead to do? Do you want him to start in January? Give him more rest. Which was an option. Which was on the table. All right. You push it back to January. How how long are you playing? Are you shortening the games? And the timeline remains the same, and the NBA Finals are what, July? And then hopefully when the season after, that you get back to the normal normal regular scheduled program, 82 games, start in October, end in June. Like, what do you want them to do? Like, the whole pandemic thing just set everything like five steps back unless you're literally going to change the league schedule from now through the future there's going to be a shortened off season somewhere somewhere unless you're changing it completely forever it's like if you're going to start february to august like next season will be february to august it'll just be the same every year like you're going to have a shortened season somewhere just happened to be now after the pandemic now 
Speaking of a shortened season slash ten years, since we're gonna we're gonna go back, we're gonna leave this topic for now. Maybe we'll revisit it another day, but we're just gonna blow past it. Shortened season. Stan Van Gundy recently announced he's out of here. He got canned by the Pelicans. Nate Bjorkren a few days ago got canned by the Indiana Pacers. He's out of here. And these are first-year coaches for their team. And you know what happened? They're out of there. Now, what are your thoughts on these firings? And what does that say about the organizations? I think Stan Van Gundy was an interesting one because this dude took an average team last year and made them worse, yet they had a better roster than last year. So, like, in my mind, like, he, he deserved to be fired. Like, like I get it's the first year, but, like, they got worse with better players. And, like, that, that deserves a firing in my mind. On paper, do you think they're better than the Grizzlies? 100%. 100%. And the Grizzlies made the playoffs. Yep. I would say they're better than the Golden State Warriors with just Steph Curry right now. If Thompson was back, I'd sure I'd take the Warriors. Yeah. But uh, this year's Warriors, nope, I'd take I'd take the Pelicans. And who who's the other one in the play in? Besides the Grizz all oh, the Spurs? It should Spurs be better, better than the roster than the Spurs. Yep. Come on. Um, that's ridiculous. Yes. Stan Van Gundy, that's the one I was like, good. He 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 deserved to be gone. Um, the Pacers were an interesting one. I mean, I don't think they had a underachieving season in my mind. Like, they made the play-in games. They, they lost to better teams. Like, the East had better teams this year. It's just, I don't know, maybe it's because I listen to stuff, or at least I'm hearing it from outside, like, people who are actually do this for a living, that the players and, like, the – the other assistant coaches. You remember the assistant coach that went after one of the player players in a verbal heated exchange? You, I think you could just tell, like, the message wasn't getting through and players were – I wouldn't say tuning them out, but they're just like, you know what, screw this guy. And that's reasonable. If you don't have respect – like, the players don't have respect for a coach, yeah, it's better to move on. It, it is. And you know what's – the toughest part about it and kind of the ironic part about it, their last head coach was Nate McMillan. And you know what he's doing right now? He's coaching right now for Atlanta in the Literally game right, right now. now. <laughs> Literally right now as we record this. Where they are down by 22. Okay, well, that that's because Joe <laughs> – they made it to the second round as a five seed, so that's pretty good. Yeah. And they're clearly yeah. against a better team. They are. They are. And the they other won, one, and they won two it, games. Um, it, true, it's competitive series. I, I think, I personally thought Atlanta could win this with Embiid's health, but it seems like Embiid's come out and started playing again. Um, mm-hmm. The other one, Scott Brooks in Washington. He didn't help my team. Like I was hoping the Wizards would go further. I, I think they could have with the two guards, but he's been there a while. They couldn't come to agreement. They uh, they got rid of him. Which I think is going to be interesting to see who get who goes for the job, knowing that I think Beal has one year left or something close to the end, and does Beal want to? I know Beal says he wants to stay there, 
just because I I think Beal's a loyal guy. But truthfully, how reminds me a lot of Damian Lillard. I wouldn't go that far, but truthfully, how is he really going to be there for the long haul? Honestly, when you look at the roster construction, like outside of him and Westbrook, they have nothing. Like Hachimura or like Ish Smith, like Bertans, baby. Bertans. Like they do not have anybody outside of them. Like the depth on that roster is just trashed. Um, and I, I guess it's understandable when you were paying John Wall $45 million a year to sit on the bench. Um, but, like, maybe now that that's off the table, they can actually build a decent roster up. Maybe the uh, new coach will come in and maybe build it. One problem. Westbrook makes it just as much. See, but that's the thing is Westbrook is contributing to the team. Yeah, I know. I know what you're saying. But if you're going to build out a roster, like, Westbrook's contract is kind of – it's hefty it's, it is and Beals is hefty rightfully so but like Robin Lopez Alex Len like you're gonna get beat down low every single game like they got nothing up front it's, it's bad like the depth on that team is just trash looking at the six teams that have coach openings so that's Boston Portland New Orleans Indiana Washington Orlando which one from most attractive to least attractive, how would you rank them? Because I'll get attractive. See, I'll give you mine. Okay, go I'd, for it. I'd say Boston is the most attractive only because history and it's known for championships. Plus, you got two young star players already there under contract. So I think that's very attractive. I think Port. I think Portland – actually, no, not even Portland. I think New Orleans is the second most attractive job because you got, again, two young stars, Ingram and Zion, and then you, a decent enough roster. If you get a good coach in there, then I think you'll be competitive in the West. Maybe not a championship, but you'll be competitive. I'd go Portland third, depending on – because Dame's been cryptic lately. But I, I just don't – part of me just doesn't see him going anywhere else. I think he stays. And then I'd go Washington just because of Westbrook and Beal. I think that that's very attractive. Then I'd go Indiana. Again, Sabonis. It's a solid team there with Sabonis. You got Turner unless – Turner gets traded, which they've been probably trying to do for a while. And Karis you got Levert healthy. Karis Levert healthy. Brogdon healthy. Like that's a solid team. TJ Warren healthy. Like that. Those are solid players, and that's a solid team. And then last, but just last in general, Orlando Magic. That's ugh, that's the ugly duckling. Yeah, Orlando's trash. They got yeah, they got trash. Um, I I would probably go Portland as most attractive simply because of Dame. Um, like, I, I don't think he's leaving, so I'm going to put him in that category of you have Dame, McCollum, um, Nurkic, um, Powell. you got guys there. Like, I, I like that roster. I think they've underachieved for years. Um, I think McCollum is a guy that you could probably ship out at some point to get better. But um, yeah. I'll go Portland, Boston, New Orleans, Washington, Indiana, and uh, Orlando. I, 
Tatum, Tatum is, he, he, he's the, he is it. He is the guy he is, he's turned into it. There's no doubting it now. Like this is him. And yeah. um, I, I think for Boston, it, it comes down to does Kemba want to be there? Are you going to keep Marcus smart around? Um, like Jalen and Tatum will be there. It's just who else is going to be around him. Yeah. It's, that's a tough one. I just, but I just think having two solid, like, star players and one that's clearly, like, number one option in Tatum, somebody who can be, if not a top 15, at minimum, he should be a top 10 player. Yeah. And, frankly, if you look at – if you think about it, I think he, he is better than Butler, Jimmy Butler. Oh, but oh, I, oh, oh, calm yourself. But because of the inconsistency, I can speak, of the Celtics in general, I think that kind of just hurt them, even though you look at the end of the season. Obviously, it's a regular season award, but you look at the end of Tatum's season, he just went bonkers as a number one option, with obviously without Jalen Brown there. And then you look at, I think with Jalen Brown, like he's he's a good number two. It's just I, I hope for his game. I want to be. I don't want him to think like, oh, I'm number one. I'm number one. I don't want to be like your turn, my turn. Like th- that's already too much. And then just forming a roster around them. I'm done with smart personally. As much as I love the guy. I don't think I, you win after, a championship with Smart. I don't. After what I saw this season, and obviously this season was just different on so many levels, like, I just I don't care. for Like, he can go. Yeah. I think Brad Stevens moving up, I think there's a better chance he's gone, personally. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of a surprise to see him actually it wasn't kind of a surprise it was a humongous surprise that he got sent upward to the front office and just the way the Celtics owners have been these new owners well these current owners I should say it it kind of feels like a mom and pop shop in a way we're like your family oh you know what we're gonna hire you and you know what? We're going to advance you. We're going to move you up in the family, move you up. And they don't really hire outside of the family. But when they do hire somebody, they usually keep them there for a while. And they're, they're fit, loyal to the guy. Ask Doc. Doc. Doc probably should have been canned during the rebuild. And you know what? They stuck with him and they won a championship. And they went to another finals appearance. And then when it was Doc's time to leave, here comes Brad Stevens. Brad, you think, okay, he's here for the rebuild. whoop de doo Going to be here for a few years. Maybe he bounces back to the college game. Maybe he goes to another pro team. Nope, he sticks on for about eight seasons. So Celtics are a patient organization, for better or for worse. Yeah, they definitely, definitely are. Um, we'll see who the new hire is. I'm It'll be interesting. Like the offseason will be interesting for for coaches for sure. 
Um, you got anything else on the NBA, or we should we wrap this one up? I think we're all set for the NBA. Right now, cool. six, Sixers are up by 22, so I think they'll win, and I think the Jazz will win it tonight. Where's my Barkley guarantee button? Guarantee! Wow! Yeah. All right, we will end it there. I'm shipping Krispy Kremes to Christian as we speak. Uh, follow us, Laser Tag Podcast, on Instagram, if you haven't already, um, and we will catch you guys on the flippity-flip.